to the Bad Princess Movie Podcast. This is the podcast that seeks to catalog all of the terrible movies about princesses and princesses-to-be. I am Christy, and this is my friend and co-host, Brie. Hello. And today, we are taking a look at Thumbelina, a magical story. Which I had never heard of. So when you were like, we're going to watch another Thumbelina, I was like, I have no idea what to expect. And it was very weird, but, <laughs> but absolutely delightful. This one, um, I the reason why I wanted to do this one is because, uh, so this, this is the first episode that's going to be coming out in March. And uh, if y'all remember last year, uh, for Bree's birthday in March, yeah. we covered Don Bluth's Thumbelina. And so I thought it would just be a fun excuse to uh, make Bree watch this version of Thumbelina. Which thank you because that means I get to watch. It, this is this was basically like two from my birthday because this was actually a delight. Yeah, this one was super cute. Oh, it's so cute! Oh my god! I, I remember finding this one on YouTube back in the day. This was pretty early on when I started doing the whole bad princess movie thing, and I remember i i really enjoyed this one like it's silly um but it's also very cute but it does not have a princess in it ah it doesn't this is one of my cheat films uh you know where it feels like ah this is close enough but back in the day i was a lot more strict about that rule that there either has to be the main character must either be or become a princess. And mm-hmm. so I just remember at the end of this film, I was just mentally pleading, like, please, please just become a princess. Please. <laughs> I really want to show this to people. I really want to show this to people. But no, there she the main character does not become a princess. And so I kind of like sadly tucked this movie away in my memory. Aww. Like I I did. I I bought it because I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll like make people watch this for a non-princess movie night at some point. So it just kind of sat on my shelf for years and years, and I I yeah forgot all about it. And it wasn't until a few weeks ago where I just so happened to see a few people randomly talking about it on Twitter that I was like, oh yeah, you know what? We should let's just watch that one. Hell yeah! And I mean. Like it's close enough. It's it's a it it is an acceptable it's an acceptable cheat. I feel like because like Thumbelina in other versions does ki- kind of become a princess. So like you know it's close enough. Yeah, it feels it feels easier to justify because it's inspired by a fairy tale and it yeah yeah that's what I that's what I'm going with. I don't, it's just. This one's cute. And if anything, more people should know about this weird, cute little film. Yeah. Like, it's still... It's definitely got... It's... I don't know how... It's weird because I don't know how good it is, but it is delightful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's so cute and sweet and a delight. Don't know if it's good, but it is the the other things. (laughs) 
it's definitely, it certainly is entertaining and it's got a charm to it. Yeah. Because it's that, it's that sort of old, old anime style. Because mm-hmm. it was clearly done by a Japanese studio. Yes. So it's got so- that old style to it. And it's just, oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so on that note, for a bit of background on this movie... Um, yeah, so this is a adaptation of the Hans Christian Andersen story, but, uh, yeah, it was also originally a 26-episode anime series that was released back in, uh, 1992 to 1993 in Japan. Oh, wow. Okay. That, actually, yeah, that makes sense. It feels like it, yeah. Yeah, so they they took 26 episodes and edited them down into a 80-minute film. Oh, wow. I wonder, like, I would be so intrigued to see what the the show was. I did try and, and look up some episodes. There are a scant few on YouTube, but at least in the ones that I saw, the audio and the subtitles uh-huh. were really, like, it was a little de- desynced. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I would be curious to know what the original series is like, too, because you can kind of get a sense when you're watching this one where, and, and we'll kind of get into it. There's definitely some weird cuts. Yeah. <laughs> where things weird. are happening and then they're not happening anymore. <laughs> Yeah, or characters that you meet for, like, 30 seconds, and then they're gone and never mentioned again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, to just to hammer it home, we are specifically talking about the movie version of the series. I, I'm, I'm sure that the anime has a way different... Uh, Pace? Uh, pacing? Pacing probably goes way more into detail about these characters... You know, because it's not trying to cram, like, probably eight hours of content into an 80-minute plot. Yeah. yeah. So this is, what whatever opinions we have are just relevant to this 80-minute version of the story. Yeah. Which is probably, like, if you've seen it and you're, uh, like, grew up in North America, that this is probably the version you saw anyway, so. Yeah, Probably. If you saw it as a kid, I've never heard of it. Who knows? Despite being... Well, I mean, I guess I would have been while it was airing in Japan. So who knows how long it took to get from Japan to North America. Uh, unless I... they know, unless you know that. Do you know uh, that? Just so happened to be pulling up on Wikipedia. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, it looks like it was licensed for release in North America in 1993. Oh, okay. But it yeah, looks it would have like been like 5, yeah. It it does look like though that it was the North American release. It was this movie. So I it it is a shame because I do feel like the full series could have probably done well in North America, not yeah. just the movie. But uh, do we want to maybe jump into uh, the the plot summary for this one, Brie? Take us away, Christy, on this on this magical story adventure. Yes, let it, let us begin with the plot summary of Thumbelina, a magical story. The story of Thumbelina 
has always been among the most magical of all fairy tales. In this case, you might say that it became a little more than magical. You see, there once was a woman who had a terrible problem. Her daughter, who she loved very much, absolutely refused to behave. Now, when you have a serious problem, you might go see a doctor. But if you have an impossible problem, it's time to visit a good witch. There once was a woman who had a mischievous daughter named Maya. The woman visited a good witch and asked for help, and the witch provided her with a book telling the story of Thumbelina. You must read this book aloud to her. Huh? Thumbelina? Yes, that's right. Just get her interested in the book, and when you wake up, you will have a good little girl. The woman takes the book home where she begins to read it to Maya. Not too long after, Maya's mother falls asleep in her chair. Maya investigates the book, which suddenly erupts in a bright white light. The magic of the book causes Maya to shrink, making her the same size as Thumbelina. The tiny Maya tries and fails to wake up her mother, and eventually falls asleep herself. While she is napping, two frogs spy her through the window. The frogs are on the hunt for a wife for their young son, and they decide that Maya will be the perfect bride. They attempt to kidnap Maya, but end up accidentally dropping her into the garden beneath the window. Maya wakes up and ends up meeting Angela, a good witch who explains to Maya that she is trapped in her mother's dream. Land of my mother's dreams? But I... Oh no, no! But I've got to get back home! In order to rejoin your mother, you must first wake her up. But how? There is only one way. You must journey to the Land of South. There you will find the answers. Once in the Land of South, you must meet the Crystal Prince, Maya. To assist Maya in her journey, Angela gives Maya a pair of magic shoes. In times of need, they will give Maya the ability to run fast and jump high, but she can only use the magic when she's acting selflessly. Maya begins journeying south, where she finds a land of sugar. There she meets Noble, a sugar fairy who was sent by Angela to protect Maya. Soon after, a vision of Maya's mother appears, and Noble reveals that it's a trick by the evil witch Cassandra. Uh-huh. She'll do whatever she can to keep you here in the land of dreams. You can have good dreams or bad dreams. It's Cassandra that's responsible for nightmares. After some traveling, Maya and Noble end up riding into the frogs from earlier, along with their son Hoppy, who still insists that Maya must marry their son. After some shenanigans, Maya ends up stranded on a lily pad in the middle of a pond. The frogs end up knocking Noble into the water, and since he's made of sugar, he is melted by the water. The frogs take Maya back to their home where she's held prisoner. After some business with magic strawberries, Maya nearly escapes from the frogs, but a snake attacks and Hoppy is injured defending Maya. Maya uses her magic shoes to get Hoppy back to safety, bringing him back to his parents' house, even though it'll mean she'll be taken prisoner again. While the wedding chapel is prepared, Maya is tied up on a lily pad in the middle of the pond. She cries for help, and suddenly, Noble arrives. Noble explains that he partially melted in the water, but a wave washed his remains to shore, where the sun eventually dried him out. Noble struggles to untie Maya, which draws the attention of the frogs. The frogs capture Maya, but Hoppy intervenes and demands his parents let Maya go free, not wanting to force her into a marriage she doesn't want. You know what? What would make me happy? For Maya to find her mom. Oh, Hoppy! So, you better get going, Maya. 
Hoppy's parents reluctantly agree, and so Maya and Noble set off once again to journey to the Land of South. They run into a fox, who is actually one of Cassandra's minions transformed into a fox. The fox swallows Noble whole, but Maya manages to escape. Maya mourns the loss of Noble, but continues on her search for the Land of South. She ends up finding a small cottage where a field mouse lives, who invites Maya in for food and rest. The field mouse mentions to Maya that another visitor is staying with her, and it's revealed that the visitor is Hoppy, who was worried about Maya. Hoppy searched for Maya with the help of a swallow, but they were attacked by a hawk and separated. Hoppy asks Maya to find the injured swallow, which she does. At that moment, Angela appears, and she gives Maya a magical pendant that she says will amplify her personal power. Concentrating her power, Maya heals the swallow, who offers to take Maya and Hoppy to the Land of South. Almost immediately after, the group finds themselves attacked by the same hawk from before, causing Maya and Hoppy to fall off and land in the lake. After collecting themselves, Maya is once again reunited with Noble, who reveals that he escaped the fox by walking into his nasal cavity and forcing him to sneeze. Altogether, the group finally makes it to the Land of South. Maya and the others reach the Crystal Palace, where they meet the Crystal Prince. Before the Crystal Prince can help Maya, Cassandra appears. She uses all her power to give Maya's mother a nightmare, transforming the land and overwhelming the Crystal Prince. <laughs> Our game of hide-and-seek is over! How nice it is, how cozy that we could all be here together to watch me bring the charms of a nightmare to the bucolic little land of South! Maya begins to cry when a vision of Angela appears and tells her to be strong, that it is Maya's job to defeat Cassandra. Maya concentrates, and using the power of the pendant and her magic shoes, Maya shatters Cassandra's nightmare. Cassandra is knocked away by the explosion and nearly falls to her death, but Maya catches her and tries to pull her up. Cassandra congratulates Maya for the lesson she learned in the Land of Dreams, and she floats up to join Angela in the clouds. Both witches announce their jobs are done, and they float off together, saying that the dream is almost over. Maya bids Hoppy and Noble goodbye, and the Crystal Prince sends Maya on her way home. Back in the real world, Maya's mother wakes up, and Maya happily greets her mother. Maya and her mother return the book to the old witch, and the narration tells us that Maya has become a better person thanks to her experience in the dream world. It is said that the close of one story is only the beginning of another, and this was especially true in the case of Maya. In no time, Everyone had forgotten the mischievous little girl Maya had been before she read Thumbelina, a very magical story. She was naughty but nice, and she got a big The end. The end. So, this, so, Maya is, she's like, they're describing, they're like, she's just awful. She's like, she won't listen. <laughs> she's so, she's just, she's so obnoxious. And like, I don't, you don't really get to, I, I, this child is obnoxious, but it's like, I don't think she's go to a witch and ask for help obnoxious. No. And we, we really need to <laughs> emphasize that because this film, it literally, it starts 
with Maya's mother talking to the witch. You know, we don't get a scene or two establishing Maya's character first and what a little shit she is. <laughs> the, her, her mother goes to talk to the witch and, and basically just says, oh yeah, my daughter's out of control. Um, you know, she's got a good heart, but my daughter, she's just too mischievous. Please help me. Um, and it's, it's great because the witch... <laughs> the witch to her credit um, <laughs> she decides to verify this in her crystal ball and so we are see we are shown a few examples of maya's mischievous ways which are just uh maya in a pond catching a frog uh maya asleep at her desk and maya tugging on her mom's skirt which yeah those are kind of bratty and annoying yeah but I feel like that's also the behavior of any young child. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, she's acting like a kid? Question mark? But it's so it's so great because the witch sees this and she's like, oh, yes. It's even is... worse than you said. I must, I must use my strongest magic. <laughs> like, Jesus. Damn. <laughs> it's okay. And then the first time you see Maya not in Chris, not like after this, when her mom goes home, she's like, check it out, mom, I got a frog. And it's mm -hmm. like, that's just, that's just child behavior. Yeah. And, and I don't know, like Maya's mom does not like frogs. So she like freaks out and, and she's like, oh, you know, I don't like frogs, but it doesn't come across as like Maya did this to like, I don't know, play a prank on her mom. It just seems like Maya just saw this frog and obliviously wanted to show it to her mom. Yeah. It's not like she walked in and, like, stuffed the frog down her mom's, like, the back of her mom's shirt or something. Yeah. It was just like, Mom, check it out. I found this cool frog. Can I keep it? <laughs> yeah. Which just... And then, when, <laughs> and then when her mom says no, she's like, okay. And she just tosses the frog out the window. <laughs> God. And, like, when she starts on her adventure and she's meeting all these characters and, like, she's a bit of a little brat, but, like, not that bad. No, and, like, to be honest, like, in her defense, she just got shrunken magically and then thrown into this weird dream world where she's told that she has to, like, go on this big adventure if she ever wants to see her mom again. I feel like yeah. I would, I would also be a little bit pissy. About having yeah. to do that. Man, come on. <sighs> it is it is just like a weird again, you really need you you really need moments with Maya to really set up that she is a little jerk and she does need like she she does need to be taught yeah. to be a better person. I wonder if that was something that just sort of got cut out of the uh like, maybe it's in the the 26 episodes, but we didn't get to see it. Yeah, it's it's entirely possible. I, I did find it weird that they make it a point that Maya can only use the magic shoes to help others. Um, which, like, that would make sense if the setup was that Maya was a super selfish little kid. But yeah. that's not, that's, again, that's not what we're told of her. We're told that she's just... Mischievous and bratty. Yeah. Yeah. So it feels a bit weird that the trick of the shoes is that she could only use them if she's acting selflessly. Because I feel like usually the, like, kids who need to learn 
the don't be mischievous lesson it's it's usually you you teach them that their actions hurt people's feelings or cause trouble like yeah you know like that that's the lesson that they have to learn but we never really see maya be selfish in fact yeah. there's there's like a few instances where she acts quite selflessly in the film and it saves her yeah so it feels like just like a weird like i don't know if it's meant to be a general message of just be nice to other people um yeah but it's, it, it's it, one of those things where it's like i i wonder how much of it is lost to a in translation and b in um in mm-hmm. con- condensation <laughs> yeah like how much of of any kind of weird tonal story gripe that we have is due to it being both translated and compressed from eight hours to 80 minutes Mm -hmm. yeah i do wish i could have found more episodes of the series um i'm sure they're out there but i just i don't know how the internet works yeah so if it's not on youtube i'm hopeless (laughs) and plus if you're looking for if it if the show was never released in English, you'd probably have to be looking for it in, like, by its Japanese title. Oh, yes, so, very true. Probably quite difficult to come across for, mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. I I think, for the most part, they do a pretty decent job of cobbling together a movie from the 26 yeah. episodes. Yeah, it, like, it still becomes a fairly coherent movie there's just there are weird points where you're like we just did we just time jump what happened yeah but other than that yeah like it's i don't think it's something that would ping me as a child no i don't i don't think so it it's probably helped by the thumbelina story itself is very episodic where it's yeah Thumbelina, like, it's just kind of running into these various characters and her her meeting new people and then having to escape them because they always seem to turn out to be jerks. <laughs> well, I mean, in this one, the only ones that turn out to be jerks are the the frogs, kind of. Yeah, and they, they at least learn their lesson. Yeah, because she does meet, like, there's other parts in the movie, because she meets some pixies, and I'm like, oh, pixies, that's some that's a setup for some trouble. <laughs> no, they just have a little dance, and then it's fine. And then later on, they meet these, like, little seed boys, which are apparently hobbits. Yeah, oh, the hobbits. And I'm like, oh, it's gonna be tr No, they're just pleasant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, well, it's okay. actually, like, like, the hobbits, like, uh, it's it's Maya, Hoppy, and Noble, and they're all really tired, and they, they go and sit on, I think it's, like, a toadstool or something? Yeah, it's, like, a rainbow toadstool or something. And and they go, and they're all, like, sitting and kind of just, like, chilling out, taking a nap on this, and then the hobbits are like, oh, no, these, they're, these people, they're sleeping on our tea table. What shall we do? Yeah. And then the solution is just, oh, let's just invite them to tea. Yeah, let's just wake them up and invite them to tea. Yeah. (laughs) It's very... Oh, and, like, the designs are all so... Okay. Can we talk about the the art direction? Sorry to... It's just... I fucking loved the design of the little little hobbits. They're so cute. They're like little seed boys. 
I just all of the designs in this film are so cute. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, aesthetically, this is a very nice looking movie. It's yeah. it's got that 90s style anime. All of the backgrounds appear to be like watercolor or something. Oh. There, yeah. there's, there's also like a softness to the colors of the movie where they're they're bright, but they're also still sort of muted. Like instead of using dark black, it's like kind of a dark gray. Yeah, dark gray or dark brown. It's, yeah. It's really nice. And and like to be fair, that might be maybe the transfer of this movie to DVD, but it just it it it's makes it very like just soft and charming. Um and yeah, all the character designs are just really, really cute. They're so charming and cute. I, oh, I love them. Even, like, Noble, when you first see him, is, like, a little, like, what's up with this kid's head? But, like, (laughs) (laughs) you get used to it, and it's very cute. Yeah. Noble is, um, I like Noble. He's just, like, the sassy kind of best friend. Um, Yeah. I, do you know what I kind of laughed at? Because I... I yeah something about Noble's design. I was like, yeah, because he is like he. I think uh, there's like that Japanese candy, and it looks like a star fragment. Competo. Yeah, that's it. He does. I, he has a oh, cause he's made of sugar. Yeah, exactly. He's a little competo. Yeah, so that's that's like his head shape is a little kind of like spiky star shape. Um. But I, something about about Noble, I couldn't quite put my finger on why I liked his design so much, and I realized that it was probably because he's basically a Digimon. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, you're right. He really is. That is a little Digimon for sure. Yeah, and and it it doesn't hurt that he um he evolves. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so noble noble's able to transform into like different shapes so he he has like a little dragonfly form that he uses to to ferry uh, uh maya around it's so oh. cute so but yeah he's like his little he's maya's little protector which again very digimon-esque um tra- <laughs> he transforms and and he oh. also he's voiced by mona marshall who has played yep. Various roles in a bunch of different Digimon series. <laughs> a lot of, like, most of these voice actors, I was like, this sounds like someone I've heard in dubs of other 90s anime. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, all, like, all of them. It's great. <laughs> my God. I was like, I can't. I can't pinpoint, like, put my finger on who this is, but I know I've heard him before. <laughs> yeah, we we can go we can go through them uh, a few of them at least. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so as mentioned, Mona Marshall voices uh, Noble. Um, she also voices Maya's mom, Cassandra. Um, so we we uh, actually we heard her in Golden Films as Princess Castle. Uh, Last last year? This one we wait, oh, when did we see that wait. one? No, that was like two oh, years God. ago? Time is meaningless. Oh, God. oh no, because Princess Castle was early. Oh god. Yeah. Like, anyway. Two- <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> <sighs> we just Man. sorry. 
have to deal with the reality of the passage of time for a second oh, there. God. Oh, um, right, back Ka- on track. <laughs> uh, Kathy Cavadini plays Maya, and she's probably best known for voicing Blossom in the original Powerpuff Girls series. I don't hear that at all, which is weird. She's definitely there's there's some points where it comes out a bit better. Um but no she she's definitely putting on more of a voice for Maya where she almost sounds yeah. like a little like croaky almost. Yeah, it's she it almost sounds like when an adult woman voice actor plays like a young boy. Mhm. For a lot of Maya which is like it's cool. It's different. It was not the voice I was expecting to come out. No, yeah, she's very sort of croaky. Yeah, that that would be the word. Yeah, which I I kind of like because I feel like it gives Maya um, I don't know, like I just it, it gives her like that rough and tumble per like yeah tone to her voice. Or again, I do wish that they did play up the mischievous nature, because that is, like, a good voice for a mischievous little shit. Yeah. <laughs> mischievous little shit child. Yeah. All right. So, Hoppy, uh, Hoppy's mom, the human witch, and Cassandra's henchmen are all voiced by Barbara Goodson, and... Barbara's best known role, at least to a 90s trash baby like me, is the, <laughs> providing the dubbed voice of Rita Repulsa from Power Rangers. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Good. Oh, my God. It's that it's that I was not expecting to see <laughs> see that character when I looked up her voice. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh that's fantastic it's so it's weird watching well i was gonna say it's weird watching power rangers uh as an adult that's also because it's just a weird show as an adult but um <laughs> uh-huh it's it's weird watching that show and listening to rita's voice because all i can think is oh my god that poor woman that voice must have taken so much oh, out of her my god the scratchy yelling so much of it oh i hope she got paid good for that role yeah yeah and uh last voice i wanted to mention is uh jan rabson who that was surprising to me because uh so he voices the crystal prince and a few other like smaller characters like in the narrator um Uh, he sounded so familiar who was that so yeah he, I was surprised because the role that I know him for is is Larry Laffer in the Leisure Suit Larry series. Oh, I don't know those at all. Yeah, not in not in your wheelhouse. Like he he's been in like a bunch of other anime in like the eighties ah. and nineties. So I'm sure like there's go go check out his Wikipedia page because the list is long. Oh my god! But Leisure Suit Larry is like. I, 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 because that was, like, there's been, oh, God, I can't remember how many games, but he's been, like, the, like, the dedicated voice of Larry Laffer for decades at this point. To the, I think they're even, they're doing, like, fan games with him now. Oh, wow. 
So, but it's, I, I actually had not, even though he's been in a ton of other anime series, I actually don't think I've ever noticed his voice in a lot of these. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm like scrolling through his behind the voice actors page and I don't, like, I don't recognize anything, but he sounded so familiar. Yeah, it's- He it's, was he's... in Barbie and the Princess of the Pauper, apparently. What the? Who was he in that? He was the dog. He was the the the, the poodle. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, now I can now I hear it in my head. <laughs> he was also the seagulls from Finding Nemo, apparently. What? Mine? <laughs> That's awesome. Incredible. That's great. I think he's just. <laughs> He he's kind of one of those people that I think where it's just he's he's been in a lot as like a lot of like like smaller characters. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't believe that. He was that fucking poodle. <laughs> <laughs> wow. God. Go- going back to um the conversation about some of the designs. Um Mhm. We gotta talk about the Crystal Prince. <laughs> I he's just he is hella rad. Oh my god, he is the most nineties ass. He he's, he's fucking I, incredible. I don't know how to describe him, but he looks like a chess piece. He looks like a chess piece. He looks like like if the early nineties was on. Like it, it, it's almost like I could see him on like a f- like a concept fashion runway kind of deal. Oh yeah, like that high fashion thing. Yeah, like high fashion as like not as as function but as art kind of thing. Yeah, because yeah, it's like chess piece. He's got like these big weird kind of diamondy ear like earrings, but they're not on his ears. They're just sort of by his head. He's got these big, big fucking shoulder pads. The crown that is three, like twice as long as his head is. Yeah, he, that the, goes down his back. He's, it's just, oh my god, he's, he's beautiful. He's so rad. I he's so he, rad. I feel like he would be Noble's mega digivolution. Oh sh. <gasps> oh shit. Yeah, he right? totally would be. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's so good. Oh, wow. He's just awesome. <laughs> he's so awesome, and then he has, like, the shadow form. Oh, yeah, he just, like, shows up. Like, he can send his shadow to do his bidding. It's so, it's so fucking cool. Yeah. At at one point, <laughs> uh, Maya and the others, like, they're they're in the, the land of South, and Cassandra sends her minion to go in and try and stop them. What's because what's that? Car- it's Cloven. Cro- Croven, I think. Croven. Yeah. Okay. But they so she sends Croven to go attack Maya and the gang, and it's and and then the Crystal Prince just sends his shadow. So the shadow version of the prince just shows up and basically just one shots Croven. Yeah. <laughs> And it's so funny because like the everybody is just like very nonchalantly like oh yeah that's that's the the shadow prince he's the crystal yeah he's prince just the sh- princess shadow yeah, yeah he just shows up he just yeah he protects oh. the land land of south like oh okay 
like okay <laughs> thanks i guess like all right that's cool awesome. sick um all right <laughs> he also has like he's got those eyes where there's like there's no pupil or iris it's just all blue You're like, yeah this this dude's, this dude's magical he's so rad so fucking cool i love him he's got a good design uh angela the witch is really cool too yeah she's got like a big old flower head yeah <laughs> like the, the the two witches are both really neat mm-hmm yeah a- angela's got this kind of flower motif so her head just turns into a big blossom and cassandra kind of looks like <sighs> it's almost like a possessed robe where she's just like this like this floaty yeah. bit of fabric that kind of just has taken human shape. She's an extremely Sailor Moon ass design. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> she looks like a Sailor Moon villain. Absolutely. Would she be it's great? So would she be like the main villain of the season, or would she be one of the monster henchmen? You think? No, she, she's got main villain energy. Yeah. To that design, I think. Yeah, it's like I can when see that. when Queen when Queen Beryl, she's got that kind of Queen Beryl vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, she's awesome. I do. I really like the that kind of twist at the end. That yeah, Cassandra wasn't really evil per se. She was just kind of a like she had a role to play in Maya's mother's dream. Yeah. Like, because when, at the very end, when, when Maya's trying to save her, she's like, oh, shit, you did it. You, you like, you have grown so much. Great job. And then she just, like, flies away and she's like, yeah, the, we did our job. And she goes and joins Angela in the clouds as, like, weird ghosts. And they're like, great job. Like, we, this was sort of planned from the beginning from us kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You d- and you did it. Great, great work. Yeah, it's like they're just like they're they're just friendly coworkers that have a job yeah. to do. It's it's kind of like that those old uh, Warner Brothers cartoons of the wolf and the sheepdog. And they oh just, like, yeah, they're just like clocking in. <laughs> yeah, they're they're like making good conversation <laughs> with each other, and then they clock in. It's all business. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I I did kind of laugh. Um, though when Maya's trying to save, uh, when Maya's trying to save Cassandra and like trying to stop her from falling, and then Cassandra just like effortlessly floats up. Like, yeah, oh. she's just like, <laughs> it's like wait. well, you passed the test, flies. Yeah, wait a minute. Oh, okay, you just fly. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, all right. Like, I guess. I guess. <laughs> Oh, God, yeah, but they're like you see you see Cassandra and Angela next to each other and you're like they're fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like cool badass witch ladies. Yeah. There's a lot of good there's a lot of witches in this movie. There's a lot of witches. And they're great. I do like I I I don't know if there's like a name for this trope, but it's just like when there's like a friendly neighborhood witch that everybody yeah. can, can go to. It's great. <laughs> My daughter's being a little shit. I could try a different parenting technique, or I could just go to the witch that lives in our town <laughs> and see what she could do. <laughs> see what see what advice she has for me. Yeah. 
<laughs> With the the whole the land the land of dreams thing, I I I really liked how in this movie it was a dream world created from Maya's mother's dream because I feel like there's the it was all a dream trope that you see in movies where it's the the protagonist character they wake up and the adventure was all in their head yeah uh, so I like that in this movie the protagonist is trapped in someone else's dream yeah that is like a good little twist on it because mm -hmm. it's like it's also like you're doing this. Also, your mom is is like dreaming this, so she's watching and she's seeing like what happens. Yeah, yeah. I I kind of wish that they didn't spoil that premise for a bit. Like they Angela reveals it pretty early on for like Maya. immediately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like oh, you're you're trapped in your mom's dream. Oh, oh all right. Oh, oh, oh. okay. So it would have been would have been kind of neat because there's nothing really in that first bit of the movie to indicate that it is a dream it kind of like you could just kind of take it that the magic book makes maya's mom fall asleep so that maya can go on this adventure in like their backyard or whatever and like she gets yeah. just shrunk down and stays in the real world yeah but i guess they wanted to sort of establish i wonder if there was more time between yeah well initially i, I do feel like there must have been something because Maya, we go from Maya screaming to her mom. Uh, yeah, she's like, oh my God, please wake up. Please, please help me. Please wake up. And then like, she's like asleep. Immediately cuts to it's nighttime and she's asleep. Yeah, asleep in a, a little basket of yarn. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so definitely, that was, that was one of the first cuts where it was like, um, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Which that, I, that, like, scene with Maya crying, um, kudos to, to Kathy yeah. Cavadini. Cause that's, like, it, it, she sounds distressed. Yeah, like, really legitimately distressed. She's just crying and screaming, um, to the point that I, I kind of think they should have asked her to tone it down, because it almost, it's too real. Please wake up! Mama, please! Oh, please wake up! Oh, oh, help me, please! Oh, mama, please! Please, mama! Please wake up! Help me, please! Oh, mama, help me, please wake up! Mama, yeah, it's like, me. it's a little much. It, I think it's, it's weird because like, there's moments of that in the dub, and then there's also like, Ah, yeah. as they're falling <laughs> like the real hallmarks of the of the early 90s dub yeah kind of thing of like if you watch the, the deke sailor moon dub like uh <laughs> for screams and stuff you're just like Ooh. oh my god he's tuxedo mask i get oh my god he's tuxedo mask i don't believe it oh no but yeah oh my god best dub ever <laughs> i fucking love it i was a kid who grew up with that yes. awful dub and it is it it is in my heart so yeah. deeply that it's like nostalgia be damned i know it's fucking bad yeah but it is like i found okay ta tangent time i have a diary <gasps> that i've had since i was like since I learned how to write. 
And one of the first things I wrote in the diary was about how I was pissed off because I was like, I was watching Sailor Moon on YTV and when they ran out of episodes, they'd just start again. And I was like, I'm going to watch Sailor Moon. No, they started it all over again. And that was my... (laughs) That's one of the first <laughs> entries in my little diary that I have since I was a baby. That is adorable. Holy shit. <laughs> That's so, so cute. Like, so like little baby Brie, that was the first show that yeah. like I, I held in my heart and like enjoyed the episodic nature and gave me my, my love of like long form storytelling yeah. in the form of cartoons. Same here. Like I I don't remember if there was any other show around that time that I watched that had that long form storytelling. Like it was important that you saw every episode of Sailor Moon or you might miss yeah. a vital story. There was like there was an overarching plot. Yeah. That you had to you had to watch the episodes. Or else you wouldn't know who characters were or what was happening. Yeah. And like, I feel like that was like a formative thing for baby Brie to be like, I love tuning in every time and seeing what the story is and seeing what's happening next. And oh, fuck you, YTV, you started it again. <laughs> and I didn't understand why. Yeah. That's... As, a, as a little baby. Like, why can't they just make more episodes? Of why isn't there more episodes? Mm. Why'd you do this to me personally? God, I... <laughs> I know that I've there's been a few times that I've been tempted to rewatch Sailor Moon, but oh. I I just can't without that terrible. <laughs> it it was just so Man. integral, I think, to my nostalgia for the show that anything else I feel like it's just not going to have that same magic. Yeah, but at the same time, I almost don't want to watch it again because. <laughs> I, I really don't want to stare in the face of how bad it was. Yeah, yeah. I just want tr- it to live forever in my heart. <laughs> I, I, I was a big, big Digimon fan oh, for yeah. a long, long time. Like I'm talking like from elementary school up until like high school. I was big into Digimon, and I, I refuse to rewatch that show. <laughs> Because I am so afraid of rewatching oh. it and hating it that it's just like I need to just like keep keep that like precious precious nostalgia wrapped up in a box because I I must be prote- protected. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <sighs> so Thumbelina. So. Th- <laughs> <laughs> so Thumbelina. Yeah. They, um, on, on, yeah, on, yeah. The, for the most part, the this dub does pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. There is there's at least one line that it made me laugh super hard because you could tell that they're there. There's like a few spots, but one in particular, you could tell they're trying to match the lip flaps. Oh yeah, uh huh. She's like talking to Hoppy, and um, so Hop, like she's trying to like ask him like why you want to get married so young, and she says you have your whole life ahead of you yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're trying so hard yeah just to oh. just, just to make it work 
There's there's two distinct sentences there, but they gotta make it one. Yeah. This this is fine. You good job. You tried. Yeah. God. Ugh. I'm looking through my notes just to be like most of it is just this is so fucking cute. <laughs> Why is this oh, like fuck yeah, hell yeah, flower lady. Oh fuck yeah, this Sailor Moon ass looking evil witch. <laughs> <laughs> were you were you expecting the evil witch? No. <laughs> I guess were you expecting the good witch? I guess no. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know what to expect from this. Good. Cause like, as soon as it's like here's it th- this is Thumbelina, but it was told like via it's not really Thumbelina, it's a little girl who becomes Thumbelina but is never actually Thumb like it's just like, oh okay, I don't <laughs> Who knows what's gonna happen. Because I think the only other version of Thumbelina that I can recall seeing is the Don Bluth one. Okay. So, like, there's similar elements, but, like, for the most part, this is very different. Yeah. I've seen... I have not actually read the <laughs> the classic story. No? The original one? Um, no. I mean, the Don Bluth, like, the, the main story structure is pretty... Pretty faithful, I would say. Like, obviously, like, a lot of, like, the flavor that Don Bluth adds into his version, that's not in the original yeah. fairy tale. Um, but, like... You mean there's no Gilbert Gottfried beetle? No! There's just regular, normal-ass beetles, and they're oh. far far inferior. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, like, that, the major plot points of, like, Thumbelina, and she's in a walnut shell bed, she gets kidnapped by the frogs, and then she meets, like, a bugs, or she, you know, the, the I think the, the main, the, the main thing that the Don Bluth one, that they kind of changed up the structure, is that Thumbelina, um, in the original story, she only meets the fairy prince at the very end of the, uh. the story. So that was, I think that was a smart move, though. Get Cornelius yeah, yeah. up there. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I didn't really, I didn't have any expectations going into this. Yeah. Because I had only one other thing to compare it to, and that's, you know. So I was just like, all right, to take it away. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen, I think, at least, uh, I want to say four different versions of Thumbelina at this point. They're Don Bluth, this one. Um, then there is a, I think it's a Golden Films one. Ah. And then there's one where it's Tom Thumb and Thumbelina. Uh, and I forget who plays Thumbelina, but Tom Thumb is played by Elijah Wood. What? Uh, amazing? <laughs> okay. Great. It's been a while. I have to rewatch that one and and see if it's a good contender for the podcast. Ooh. Yes. So maybe stay tuned for that. Oh boy. Uh, but I, I think for for the most part, the Thumbelina magical story, you can kind of it's got the bones. Yeah. A, f- a few of them at least. Like you get I like I think that the main thing with Hoppy and his parents, that's probably like the main Thumbelina inspired 
plot point, at least from what we see in the 80-minute movie. Yeah. I do, I do like the whole thing with Hoppy. Um, yeah, Hoppy's a good kid. Yeah. It's, um, it's kind of cute what they do where, okay, so, oh god, should we, should we go through, like, the whole strawberry thing? Oh, yeah, that was weird. Okay, we gotta, we gotta go through, this is, like, all of Hoppy's plot, your character development. Um, so, like, it starts off, like, he's very, like, he, he wants to marry Maya, I think he's, yeah. Caesar thinks he's cute and he's all for this idea of getting married to her. So he's kind of like this active participant in his parents trying to arrange this marriage. Um, but so his parents capture Maya and they lock her up in their house and they decide that they are going to feed Maya magic strawberries that will turn her into a frog. Um, yeah. Because we didn't have enough witches in this movie. We also have to have a frog witch. Yeah, there's a frog witch. <laughs> yeah, and she grows magic strawberries. And it's it's very important that Maya eats all three strawberries because eating one will give you the heart of a frog, eating two will give you the face of a frog, and three will basically complete the transformation into a frog. Yes. So Hoppy delivers these strawberries to Maya and they have a conversation and Maya makes up this lie about how she's uh, she's actually going to the land of South because she's going to go marry the prince and, and she's kind of doing it to like, I think, cheese off Hoffy and get him off her back. Yeah. It's like the equivalent of like telling somebody that you have a boyfriend because for some reason they can't just accept no <laughs> and they have to... <laughs> That that weird yeah. toxic masculinity thing of I have to make it like somebody else has dibs on me. Yeah. Before you will respect me and leave me alone. God. Uh-huh. Yep. But um Hoppy leaves Maya these strawberries, and Maya gets tempted to eat them, but then this random ass grasshopper. Yeah, this random fucking grasshopper <laughs> just pokes his, his head in through a hole in the ceiling and is like, hey, what's up? Yeah, hello, it was strawberries. <laughs> just, oh, hello. Why, hello there. And she's like, uh, yeah, you want the fucking strawberries? It's like, don't mind if I do. <laughs> Hops in, eats two of them and leaves. Yeah, his, well, he, his face transforms into a frog and that he's just like this grasshopper with a frog face. And then he just leaves, and then I get Maya is able to figure out from that that I, the the strawberries are magic. So when Hoppy and his parents return, she lies and says that she ate one, and then we ate one of the strawberries, and then accidentally dropped the rest down a hole in the floor. But the one strawberry she did eat showed her that being a frog is awesome. So she's able to convince the frogs to let her go out with Hoppy under the guise of getting more strawberries so she could become a full frog. Yeah. Like, she's like, I want I want to be a frog now. I, mm -hmm. I definitely want to be a frog and marry Hoppy. Yeah, she's just, and she's just like hopping around on the floor going ribbit, ribbit. Yeah. <laughs> Sidebar. Yes. Why do these, because, so the frogs, the frog parents, when you first meet them, they're like, knee deep and you're like why 
do you know do you know why these frogs go knee deep instead of ribbit because they also say ribbit i feel like that's part of like like it's a like a joke or something like i feel like a thing yeah i've heard that as a punchline for a joke like how deep is how deep is the pond knee deep Oh, but that's not what a fro- that's not what a frog sounds. A frog, do frogs go knee deep? Maybe, Maybe they do. Maybe I just haven't heard enough frogs. I know there's like there's like weird frogs out there. Yeah. Fro- fro- frogs are a weird a weird creature. There's too knee many. Deep. Oh yeah, how deep is frog lake? Knee deep, knee deep. I don't get it, but okay. I wonder if it's just like a weird, like, I I wonder if it's, if it's frogs in North America go ribbit, ribbit, and then frogs in other countries go knee deep, knee deep. That, you know, that makes sense. But, because I was thinking, because what, is that what they sound like in like Japanese automatopoeia? But no, they go kero, kero. Oh yeah, because they're karopi. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> if you if you know where frogs go knee deep, please yeah. let us know. Yeah, feel feel free to write in at badprincessmovies@gmail.com. <laughs> Got to know. Got to solve yeah. this frog mystery. Yeah. But uh so Maya and Hoppy go off and go to obsessively collect these strawberries. Um, but then Maya takes the opportunity to shove Hoppy into a pond and then run away real fast. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, see ya. Which is real great, because that feels like the like the worst thing to do if you're trying to escape from a frog. Yeah, you just pushed him in water. It's like, that do- that wouldn't do anything. That's what He's- frogs do. It's probably fucking faster in water, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Come on! She just like pushes him, and then he just he just gets mad and yells at her. You tricked yeah. me! But she's she, just betrayed. Yeah, how dare my heart? But he, but she runs off, and whenever Maya is alone in this movie, she like she can't go five seconds without being attacked by. She's instantly imperiled. Yeah, in this case, it's a it's a giant ass snake that just appears. Yeah. Um, gets his own little theme song, which is great. Music bits in this movie are so. <laughs> I don't even have a word for them. There's something. They're sure something. They're delightful. I did see that somebody like <laughs> uploaded them to YouTube. Good. Um, but yeah, there's go look them up because they they are just like. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to drag the the song the songwriter because I'm sure they probably had like they probably were given this. And we're told to come up with something in the span of thirty minutes. Yeah, and, and so they tr- they tried. They did uh, their best, but yeah, just just a little, 
yeah, the little songs they come up with, some of the lyrics. <laughs> oh god. They're they're yeah. They they did their best. But um yeah, there's a big snake. They get attacked. Mhm. Hoppy Hoppy tries to defend Maya and then gets hurt. But they manage she manages she she activates her shoes and to man- save Hoppy because she needs to use them for selfless reasons. Yeah. Because she had to learn, I guess. I guess. <laughs> but she she gets him out of danger and then they kind of take a little break while she bandages him up and they they, they kind of have this little moment together where they end up actually talking things out. Um, and, they and actually this... talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. And and they kind of they they figure out their motivations and and so like ma'am, this is where this is where Maya asks Hoppy, like why are you in such a rush to get married? Because Hoppy is like he seems to be like the same age, like at least mentally yeah. as as Maya. So like young, very young kid, maybe like ten, at most. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Hoppy reveals that because frogs have such short lifespans. They have to get married early, which is a uh, 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 realistic but sad yeah, it, point. Yeah, it is. Sad. Like, damn. Okay. Like, oh shit! Like that's kind of I don't know. It's weird. Like it's weird to see like a little character like Hoppy be so concerned about his lifespan. Yeah, this like this frog child has learned of mortality already. Yeah. <laughs> I, I gotta get married. I'm ten years old. I gotta get married soon because I'm gonna die. Like, oh Just Jesus, damn. Hoppy, <laughs> God damn. But um, Fuck. The, and then Maya ends up admitting to because again she had she had kind of like taunted Hoppy earlier by saying she was gonna go marry the Crystal Prince instead. But this is where she she admits that the real reason that she's going to the Land of South is because she has to go there if she wants to reunite with her mom. Yeah. And so they kind of, it's, this little conversation is very important for Hoppy to understand that it's, like, it's it's not fair. You know, Maya doesn't want to get married to him, and she has to go reunite with her mom. So he, like, cites that as one of the main reasons why he doesn't want to force Maya into marriage. Yeah. And, like, it's... <laughs> It's like it's very sweet and cuz like she takes the she takes him home instead of being like, "Well, uh, you're injured, but I can't go back cuz your parents will catch me." Mm-hmm. She takes him home and like is, you know, then tied up on a lily pad cuz they're like, "You're yeah. still going to get fucking married." And but Hoppy's like she doesn't want this, and if she doesn't want this, I don't want this. Like Yeah. I, and I would be really sad and upset if I was, you know, caught and told I could never see my mom again. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, good kid, Hoppy. Yeah. It's, God, that, yeah, the bit where she takes him back to the house. Again, like, the the movie, the whole thing about you can only use the shoes if you're acting uns- like, unselfishly. Like, she already, like, she doesn't seem like she's a selfish person. Look, like, she could have just ditched Hoppy. Yeah. And gone on her merry way. Like, this isn't, this is, like, halfway through the movie. 
Like she didn't. I don't know. Again, it's just a weird. It's a weird lesson to pretend yeah. that she needs to learn. But anyways, yeah, she. Hoppy, Hoppy's just like this little cute little kid. He learns his lesson, and then we see after Maya leaves. I assume that this was probably like a bunch more time in the anime series. Yeah. Um, but basically, after in the movie, it feels like immediately after Maya left. Hoppy decided to go after her because he was worried about her and wanted to make sure she got to the land of South safely. Yeah. So he actually, he, he tells us that he, he stood up to his parents and basically said, like, too bad, I'm going to go help Maya. Peace out. Yeah. Well, it's like, if you, if I don't, if you don't let me go and make sure that Maya is safe, I am never getting married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and his parents are like, oh, fuck, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> the worst thing ever to have, <laughs> have an unmarried child <gasps> oh no oh dip oh jeez <laughs> and then he uh, becomes he yeah. becomes a good little companion in Maya's journey taking over from Noble when he oh is my God. killed for the in one of the time. two times that Noble dies <laughs> yeah I wish Fuck. there was a third I was surprised there wasn't a third you kind of wait for it because it's yeah. rule of three. Rule of threes, but instead it's just two, which is still like, so when Noble gets knocked in the water the first time and then starts dissolving, it's like, oh, fuck. All right. Um, I mean, I know they're not going to kill off this character, but that's that's kind of fucked. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I dissolved, but then it I washed up and dried out. And I'm like, that's I don't think that's how sugar dissolving works, but all no. right. I'll, yeah, I'll no. allow it. <laughs> it's a it's a weird it's a weird visual. Just like his like lumpy it's like sand. <laughs> yeah, his like lumpy sandy like sugary form just washes up on the riverbank. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then so he comes back and he's like, "I'm fine. I dried out. I reformed. I'm made of sugar. It's cool." Yeah. And then the second time, like. They're they're attacked by the blue fox, which is actually Croven in disguise, but like they're attacked by this blue fox and and he's like, Get behind me, Maya, and then is immediately knocked into the air and shown like going down the fox's throat. <laughs> You're yeah. like D- fuck <laughs> Like, I know he'll be back, but that was actually kinda messed up. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you were a little kid watching this, like that might like it gets you kind of spooked bad. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's not like, it's not even like from the side view where you usually would see like a cartoon thing being being eaten. It's like down into the mouth and you see him sliding down the fox's gullet. And you're like, yeah. oh, <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, it, no. It feels very real. And it's, and we even get, um like, so when... Maya goes off on her journey, and again, when Noble eventually reunites with them, he has, he once again explains how he escaped, and in that, like, little flashback sequence, we see him inside the fox's gut, and it's just, like, moist and, and, like, gross and sticky. Yeah, it's nasty! (laughs) And he's just, like, he's just very nonchalantly crawling up the, the fox's esophagus and into the nasal yeah. cavity. <laughs> He's like, I came to a crossroads. 
Yeah. This and you're like, nostril. don't pick the wrong tunnel, Noble. No, Noble. Oh, no. Which direction did you start walking, Noble? <laughs> oh, God. And then he turns into a little a little feather duster, and he goes, coochie, coochie, coo. And then gets sneezed out, because yeah. I guess. Fuck it. Sure. Sure. I guess. I feel like, I, I don't know, I don't know if that would have been, like, couldn't you just keep walking? Why'd you have to make him sneeze? I, I don't know. Maybe it was faster. It's not like your nose, like, closes. Maybe it was faster. I don't know. I don't <laughs> want to think about... <laughs> this Crovin also appears to have puppet parts. Like, who knows? It's a fairy tale. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure what Crovin was, because... Yeah. He's got, I, like, marionette hands. Yeah. But clearly has a digestive system, so who who really knows at the end of the day <laughs> what's going on with this guy? Do you... Did Crovin... Was Crovin also in on how this is all just a learning lesson for Maya, or, like... I hope so. But I don't think so. Yeah. That'd be that'd be really because you don't see him like the crystal prince just or the the shadow prince destroys him. Yeah, he gets killed, but nobody cares. It's a it's a, like a sick anime like like scene where he does the the fast blade and then you just see a silhouette of Crovin dissolve into bats and you're like, yeah. oh fuck, yeah, hell again, yeah. That's that's his. I don't know. It's we need to think of what what that would be called. His Digimon attack. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, it's been too long. It's been I, too long. I could, yeah, I couldn't tell you. It's been a, it's been a minute since I've watched any Digimon personally. Can I? <laughs> this is this is very off topic, but I I love this I love this memory, so I need to share. Um, Please do. So, in Digimon, there's a character named Leomon, and he's a little, like a lion. Oh dude. hell yeah, big Leomon, yeah. yeah. And his attack is Fist of the Beast King, and he punches the air, and then, like, and like a, uh, his face, his own lion face, comes out of his fist in, like, a ball of light. And it, yeah! <laughs> and it goes and attacks somebody. Um, I remember on the school bus, I was sitting on one, one side of the aisle, and my best friend at the time was sitting on the other side. And we were just, like, talking, and we were both super into Digimon, and it was uh -huh. winter- it was winter, so I had a I had a glove on, and I I like kind of adjusted it so that the glove was only barely sitting on my hand, <laughs> and then I reared up and I said "Fist of the Beast King," and I punched the air, and the glove as as designed, <laughs> it flew off my hand and it hit my friend in the face. Oh no! <laughs> it was no, but it was so cool. He was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> amazing we spent like the rest of the bus drive just doing that to each other over and over just fist fist of the beast king and <laughs> <laughs> um, oh that's uh, incredible beautiful good, good times perfect thank you thank you oh my god it also <laughs> works uh for hand of fate if you want to do that there's a lot of digimon attacks where it's just character punches and light comes out of their fist <laughs> and that's what hits the enemy it's a classic Digimon attack. Yeah. 
It's a good one. It's a good one for the censors too, because you can show fighting, but nobody's actually touching each other. So it's almost oh, like yes, the, exactly. It's like the violence doesn't actually happen. It doesn't. It doesn't count because they're using magic powers. Yeah. Oh, oh, good times. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have much else in my notes. Other, like the last note I have is shit just happens in this, huh? (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's mostly a case of like, because of how stitched together things are, sometimes things just happen. Yeah. And you just have to be okay with that. And you know what? I am. Yeah. Like, stuff like, I, I don't know why, but this, for some reason I found this really funny, but the swallow that, um, that kind of joins their little posse, at the very end when the crystal prince is going to go send Maya home, he yeah. just, like, he, he, he touches the swallow, and then he turns, like, it's like he turns solid gold or something. Yeah, like, when he did that, he's like, the dream is ending, and then he puts his hand on the swallow's head, and the bird turns completely gold and doesn't move for a, a few <laughs> seconds. So I was like, bro, <laughs> did you just turn that bird into gold? Like... Why did you do that? And then he's like, this royal bird will take you home. And the bird spreads his wings. And I'm like, oh, okay. He's not a fucking statue. I see. Okay. Good. <laughs> oh, this is great. It's like, now that you're gold, you're royal, I guess. I guess. It's like, did you... <laughs> Fuck it, I guess. You're just It's just weird, though, because it's like, that's a sentient bird. Well, you yeah, just what... turn... Maybe he didn't want to be gold. <laughs> Well, I, I, he disappears with the dream anyway, so I guess he doesn't have to bear being gold for a while if he didn't want it. Yeah. That's something that I... Oh, I, I, I wasn't sure, because the ending we see, like, we see some pages from this the Thumbelina storybook, and I was kind of trying to think, was that, like, a way to suggest to the audience that although the dream is ended, the characters are still living on in the book i don't know i kind of assumed that it would just it would just meant like no they're gone Hmm. i guess it just it felt like i don't know because maya maya never really comments on it but it's just like i don't know maybe this is too this is my adult brain kicking in but it's like (laughs) all of these neat friends that she just made are like gone forever Yep. <laughs> or maybe they live in the land of dreams. Well, maybe. Who knows? Maybe. maybe. I, I don't... Probably... I don't know. <laughs> we'll never know. I guess I don't not. think you're meant to think about it that much. No, probably not. I do I do laugh at the end um, with Maya and her mom returning the book to the witch. Um... I don't know. Again, I feel like I feel like I'd be really pissed off if I was Maya and I found out that my mom did this to me. <laughs> maybe, maybe she doesn't know. Maybe, maybe her mom never says. Oh, this was the because pl- her mom doesn't know. Like the witch doesn't know that that's what's going to happen. She just says, "Read this fucking book," and Maya. And if Maya is interested in the book, then it'll be good. Uh, the witch does not inform her that it's going to be <laughs> what it, but, a trip through dreamland. Yeah, because, yeah, the witch is just like, when you wake up, 
uh, you will have a well-behaved daughter. So I guess Maya's mom fell asleep, had a weird dream, and she woke up, and now her daughter was really nice. But it but, just it, but it's implied that her her mom is like watching third person from this entire dream. Okay, yeah. Hmm. So my yeah. So maybe like Maya, Ma- she's watching the movie as we are. So maybe my yeah. So maybe Maya's mom just didn't tell her that. Oh, by the way. Um, the reason why you did this is because I thought you were a little shit and I wanted to change that. <laughs> Cause, yeah, because we, we see Maya, it, it just feels like rubbing salt in the wound that Maya helps like return the book to the witch. Yeah. Well, I, who knows? Maybe her and her mom talked about it and now they're fine. I we bet, don't get to see. I bet maybe when Maya becomes a teenager, it's something they fight about. <laughs> or it just becomes one of those memories that you remember as an adult later and you're like wait a minute hey mom what was this thing and your yeah. mom's like oh yeah that thing yeah that was yeah. wild oh yeah yeah that time that I got a witch to make you good and Maya's like what <laughs> and my, my, Maya's mom is just like oh I thought I thought you knew like you didn't get that I sworn oh. yeah I thought it was obvious. If I was the mom, I'd just be like, I, I, I asked, to, I, I went to the witch to see if she could help me because you were, you weren't obeying me or you were being kind of a little shit kid. Yeah. And I didn't expect this shit, but I hope you had a fun adventure. <laughs> hey, like... I thought it was just going to be a storybook that we read and, and, and. You would learn a lesson. It had a really good moral at the end of the book. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, kid. Oh. oh. Yeah, I guess that was really traumatic for you when you when you shrank and I just like slept while you were screaming, begging me, begging me to wake up. Hope that didn't traumatize you too much. Ah, uh, good. Good parenting. Yeah. Great job. <laughs> yeah, all of my other notes are just, this is fucking cute. Yeah. And, oh, that VA. Yeah. But that was only, uh, that was only in instances where they went, ah, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> So I think, I think that's probably gonna wrap things up overall i think it sounds like we we would both probably recommend this one eh oh hell yeah it's watch it just for how cute it is yeah don't worry about the plot don't don't worry about it just look at how cute it is yeah this is this is just a cute little palette cleanser of a film yeah you can you can kind of laugh at like the very 90s anime vibe that it has (laughs) <laughs> and and I think it's especially if you don't know that that's going to be what this movie is going into it, it it yeah, it could be very surprising. But it's it's delightful. I definitely mm-hmm. if you and if you're old like us and you have a lot of nostalgia for for uh 90s anime style, even better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Again, that's gonna be it for this one, you guys. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna draw some fucking fan art of uh, <gasps> of Noble. 
Oh yeah, do it. Because I fucking love this little fairy. I don't know. I it's something about this little this little fairy child with the little dragonfly tail. Yeah. I was telling Christy, it reminded me of a character I made about fourteen years ago, and I was like, uh, it immediately endeared me to to it to him even more. <laughs> please, please draw Noble and please draw his mich- missing digivolutions. Uh, <laughs> All the way leading up to the 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 Crystal Prince. I don't I don't know if I could draw the Crystal Prince and do him justice. That's fair. That is fair. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll put that on the Twitter. Awesome. <laughs> if, I, I, if, I if if and when I get around to drawing it. Oh, please do. I hope so. If not, if if it hasn't been done by the time this episode comes out, everybody go shame Brie on Twitter. No, don't. Yeah, shame. Do that. Shame. Don't do that. But, uh, yeah, I think that'll be it for this one. So if you want to see clips of this and other movies we have profiled on the podcast, you can feel free to look us up on Twitter at BadPrincessMOV. Uh, if you have a suggestion for a film or just a general comment, feel free to email us at BadPrincessMovies at gmail.com. And lastly, we have the catalog of princess movies for you to peruse. You can find that at badprincessmovies.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening. Tune in tune in next episode for Bree's big birthday episode. Yay! Oh, I'm so excited. Yes, it's going to be rainbow bright time, motherfuckers. Yeah! Woo! Oh my god. Stay oh, tuned. Get hyped. Yeah, get hyped. Get hyped for the nostalgia trade. 80s good shit. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, stay tuned, oh, everybody. Man. See you then. See you then. Bye. These shoes didn't work. I'm right back where I started from. Ugh.